0: Good morning, everybody. How are you? All right. All right. Nobody blew away overnight? I am so honored and so privileged uh, to be with you this morning and to have you with us to hear God's word. I believe that what he wants to speak to us tonight will transition us and transform us. His word is always that way. But this is a powerful word that highlights the power that we have to cooperate with God. And I'm excited to get to that. Just a couple things before we do. Uh, If you're new to us, welcome to our 9-11 services. They're a little new to us as well. Uh, As we're getting the kinks worked out, we just are so grateful that you are gracious with us. And uh, we're here to serve you if you're a guest. Uh, We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to be a guest for a little while and then eventually uh, choose to worship with us. Uh, not because that this is the only place to worship, but we do kind of think it is the best place to worship in Western New York. We do have a little bit of a superiority complex on that. Bless you if you're from another church and just visiting. We're sure your church is great. No, really. Uh, we, do, we, uh, we partner with lots of churches, and we believe that God is worthy to be honored, and we believe that the church is united in that, and we're excited about that. But if there is a way that we can serve you and help you uh, find a home whether it's here or somewhere else, that's our desire, that people have a home church that they're in and that they're submitted to and they can grow in the wisdom and knowledge and favor of God and man. And so we're just glad that you're here this morning. Uh, It's really interesting to me to see uh, how the services pan out. So last week, the 9 o'clock service was packed out, and this service was a little bit light. Uh, This week, they're kind of both similar. So next week, you should all uh, uh, come again to the 11, and we'll invite some more people. We'll just see kind of how it goes. Actually, really, let me, let me prophesy to you for a minute. What would it look like to fill these seats up with so many people? What would it look like to come to both services, not to hear me preach twice, uh, but to come to one service to serve and one service to receive? I heard a lot of yups, but I think most of them came from people that do that already. So I'm not yelling at you, just inviting you. I really think uh, God is taking us into a season of growth for his kingdom. And so I want to invite you to be a part of that, an integral part of that. So how many of you have ever met somebody who thought that they were God's gift to the earth? We use language like this to describe it. That, That guy thinks he's God's gift to women. Anybody ever date a guy like that, just like? You can keep that to yourself. Just process that for a second. Do you ever meet a, a, a girl who thought she was God's gift to men? And she wasn't willing to share that gift with any man? <laughs> like, she just walked around very aloof and, like, I don't have to talk to anybody because I'm God's gift to the earth. Ever, have we, do we like people like that generally? No, we're not, we're, we're not. Unless we are those people. I mean, there might... Chances are in a room this size, there's probably a couple of us. We might not be here right there right now, but maybe in high school when there was a little more hair, a little less belly, and you know, a little more tan, I don't know, what it, whatever it was. But we don't like people like that. We don't like people who think they're pretty special. Uh, I, I, in fact, there was a family in the church uh, that I used to youth pastor at, and they had a family motto. And we our family has a family motto. This is not my family that I'm talking about covertly. Like we have a family motto. Our family motto is every day's a work day in the Hamlin House.
1: <laughs>
0: you you can tell where that came from. When my children tell me they have a problem with the motto, I tell them just Papa and Nana, they're the ones that gave it to us. Every day's a work day in the Hamlin House. Now again, I'm not sure how that works with God's command to take a Sabbath. Work at Sabbath, yes. God does say to work to enter into his rest, so I get that. But uh, this is not my family motto. Uh, I'm going to share with you a family motto that was really quite interesting, but I'm going to put my name in the motto to protect the guilty. Okay, so I'm going to end the motto with, with our family name, but it's not our family motto. You ready for the family motto? This family motto, this family would say, "We can. I can, not we, I can do all things because I am a Hamlin. They were ultra confident in their ability to do anything. And it wasn't just like this was their family motto and their parents were like hoping that they would get it and like adopt that as like every single one of these people in this family believed that motto with everything that was in them and they said it all the time I can do all things because I am a Hamlin. I'm using our family name because I want to protect them. By the way, if they ever get a hold of this sermon, I love them and I think that they are a spectacular family. I really do. They thought they thought and knew that they were a spectacular family. And it shifted what they thought they could do because of their identity. Now I get it. They're they're misquoting scripture. What's the scripture say? I can do all things through Christ, right? They just I can do all things because I'm a Hamlin. And it sh- like they- anything they approached, they would live their lives in such a way that you knew that they could do anything that they put their minds to do, anything they thought that was possible to do, they could do it. In fact, they didn't just think it was possible because of who they were. They, they thought they could do it, they could conquer it, and they could do it with one hand tied behind their back blindfolded. Like that was the type of confidence that was exuded in this family. And the first time I heard it, I was like, um, I don't know about that. I, I, I'm going to kind of sit back and watch your family for a little while because y'all are kind of full of yourselves. But I want to say, over time, I saw that how that identity in who they were and the specialness and uniqueness with which they saw their family mattered to the outcome of how they lived. I want to say something this morning. That family thought that they were super special. And I think it's time for us as a family to start to think of ourselves as super special. Hear me very clearly this morning. You are extremely special. And I don't say that in a condescending way, like, oh, you're really special. I mean like in everything that's holy and true and real, you are a people who are very special to God. And you have a very special purpose and calling in the earth. Together and individually that God wants us to lay a hold of. And I think that oftentimes we have a hard time with this concept because we have struggled with people who think that there's something that they're not. But the truth of what we're talking about this morning is if we think of ourselves that way, we are thinking about ourselves in a way that we are. I don't know if that's sinking in right now because we've lived in a culture for so long that teaches us not to think of ourselves as special and unique and powerful Preachers talk all the time about how broken and how in need and how much of a sinner we are, and we focus on all this all the time, but I believe that God is calling us together as a church, uh, the 9 o'clock service, the 11 o'clock service as a body, people who tend small groups, and really the church of this region to a fresh, new understanding of our uniqueness and specialness to the kingdom. Now, if we have a hard time with this, let me tell you, let me help you understand, it is not, we are not special because of who we are. We are special because of whose we are. Yes. Last week we talked about, or we started our series with talking about how we are a chosen people. And we took our scripture for this series from 1 Peter chapter 2. In verse 9, it says this. I want to read it again to land us back into this idea. But you are not like that. In other words, you're different, right? You are not like that. You are a chosen people. You are royal priests. You are a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result. You can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We launched our series last week by talking about being priests, that we are a kingdom of priests. God has called us, each and every one of us, not a special group among us to be priests, but every believer is called to priesthood. And in that, there's, there's some unique functions that we need to understand, some things that help us understand the outcomes that God wants to bring in our lives based on the functions of a priest. And we identified three for the purposes of these talks for us to understand. The first is this. Priests are called to be with God. Our primary function as priests, our, our reason for creation and being placed in the earth was to be with him. The second function that we have as priests, each one of us is called to as priests, is to represent his authority and order in the world. Remember when God created Adam and Eve, he spoke to them, he said, he blessed them with this, he said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over it. He said, I want you to take what is mine and I want you to extend the rule of it over the entire earth, fill the entire earth. In other words, God placed them in a garden. And we understand that that garden was not the entire earth. It was a specific place in the earth. But God never intended for that garden to say the size that it was. God wanted to extend his rule and his kingdom and his dominion through his priests, through his people, into the entire earth. Our second function is to establish and function in his authority and extend it. And the third function of a priest is to serve his creation. God put us in the earth to serve his function. In other words, we are called to be ministers of his love and of his power. Think of it this way, in other countries they call the people that run the government ministers. Isn't that interesting? Our calling as priests are to be ministers we are to administrate what God has given us. We are to serve other people what God has placed in our lives. And so God has called us as His people to serve His purpose in serving His creation, to minister His care and His love and His power. So we know that we are a kingdom of priests. We are royal priests. But the truth is also this. We are a holy nation. We are God's own possession. We belong to him. And we looked at how the people of God being called out of slavery in Egypt and into what God was calling them to was bringing them out from an old identity and into a new identity. How he chose them to this. And what we also need to understand is that God calls us his very own possession in the same way. If you want to think of it this way, think of Leviticus chapter 20 verse 24. He says to the people, he says, I have promised you you will possess their land because I will give it to you as a possession, a land flowing with milk and honey. We read that and we're like, okay, what do you mean Go into the promised land? God is literally saying this. He has created us and he's called us his own people and he's calling us out of our old lives into a new life so he can set us into the possession of his kingdom where everybody flourishes. When he took people out of slavery and he brought them into the land, he wasn't just taking them from a place where they were slaves and they didn't have a lot to another place where it was a little bit better. He was bringing them into a place where everybody gets to succeed. He gave everybody land, and in that time and in that culture, if you had land, you had the resources for, to succeed, and not only to succeed, but if you had the blessing of God, that land would be abundant, and it would flow with milk and honey. Not just a little milk, not just a little honey, but absolutely flowing. What was God saying? He said, I'm bringing you to a land where you have all the ingredients you need to make ice cream and eat it every day. Literally, milk and honey, these are the ingredients for ice cream in an ancient culture. Some of you define heaven on earth as a day with ice cream. Some of you are old people, and it's maple walnut or butter pecan. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what your ice cream choices are. A a day with real ice cream is a good day. And so God is saying, I'm going to bring you into this place, into this land flowing with milk and honey. And we're like, great, God, I want to go to that place. How many of you want to go to that place? How many of you want to experience the blessing of God and the purpose of God and the abundance of God and the success of God in such a way where it's not like I'm just special, but everybody around me gets to experience it too? God's desire is to do that in his people because he wants to display, this is how I work with people. This is how good I am. And God gives us the key as to how he wants to do that in the very next sentence. He says, I am the Lord your God who has set you apart from all other people. He says, this is unique to my people. We are going to talk about what it means to be set apart this morning. Because God is building a people to possess his kingdom. God is calling you and I to be set apart, to be different. He has done the work to set us apart so that He can demonstrate in us what it looks like for a people to possess His kingdom. Now, when the people of Israel were called out of slavery and into this land, they had a certain view of it. And at times they thought of it as a blessing, and sometimes they thought of it as a curse. And the same is true for us. When God calls us, into his kingdom, we can view it either as a prophetic burden or a prophetic blessing. What do I mean by that? How many of you know sometimes it's a burden to be special? You don't believe you're special yet. Sometimes it's it's hard to look this good. You, you, You get what I'm saying. Sometimes we feel like when God says, I'm going to give you abundance. I'm going to give you the promised land. We see that not so much as his blessing on our lives, but a burden, because we think somehow it's going to be very hard to get there. We think that the work to get there that that needs to be done is what we need to do, but the truth is this. God has done everything for us to get to that land. He did the same thing for Israel. He said, it's the land I will give you. He talks in other verses, like, I'm going to clear it out. You're going to come into this place. You're going to live in homes you didn't build. You're going to drink from wells that you didn't uh, dig. You're going to eat from vineyards that you did not plant. There's going to be an abundance for you, and you did nothing to work for it except say yes to what I'm doing. I am the one who is bringing you into this place. But the key to it is being separate, being called out, being set apart. And I want to encourage you this morning, as you hear what God has for you, oftentimes we don't want to be set apart, we want to be anonymous. Because we see it as a burden. Let me explain it in really simple terms this way. Uh, do you know that when you are a customer um, and you have a problem and you really want to like work the customer service agent over uh, by email, it's very hard to do that when your email is PastorJosh at... Sometimes I'd rather be anonymous, right? It's How many of you know it's a blessing to be the people of God? And it, I, I see it as a, a, a blessing to be a leader of the people of God in the house of God. It's a blessing to be a pastor. But there are times where it feels like a burden. But it really matters kind of how I approach it and how I choose it. And so the same is true for us. If we hear the call of God into his kingdom, if we hear the call of God into priesthood, We can either see it as a the call of God to be set apart. We can either see it as a burden or a blessing. And I want to encourage you this morning to receive what God is saying about being set apart as a blessing. So how do we do that? How do we live chosen? See, I think the truth is this. Most of us know that we've been chosen by God. Most of us understand that God has something good for us. But we say, okay, I've been chosen by God, but I live between the in-between of being chosen and actually possessing it. I know that I am who he says I am. I sing the words when we sing that song, I am who you say I am, but I am not yet who he says I am. You know what I'm saying? Or, or, or I know the, what you've called me to. I know the land that you've called me to. I know what, what, what that looks like. I know the fullness that you've called me to, but I don't yet live in the fullness of what you've called me to. We live in the in-between. How do we say yes to what God has said for us in terms of being set apart, but also understand that we need to move towards what God has called us to be set apart for? God literally gives us the answer. The answer is to be set apart. God has called his people to be set apart, to have a different identity. In Leviticus chapter 20, when he was bringing his people out of slavery and into the land, he says to them in verse 7, Set yourselves apart to be holy, for I am the Lord your God. He has already said, I have set you apart, but he says to them, in order for you to possess, in order for you to walk in, there has to be a function where we as human beings agree with God and do the work of setting ourselves apart as well into what God has called us to because he is the Lord our God. Later in that same chapter in verse 26, he says this, you must be holy because I am holy. I have set you apart from all other people to be my very own. What is God saying? God is saying, literally set apart. We are literally special. We are other than. We are consecrated. We are holy. We are different. Scripture in the New Testament calls us this we are saints. Now, when we think about saints because of the Roman Catholic context, we think about people that other people pray to and a bunch of statues. And if I really want to get my way, I find the saint that's over that, and I ask that saint to do that, and I wear his little medal, and maybe we'll get it all done. That's not what Scripture means by saint. Scripture literally means saint, holy one, different one, set-apart one. You and I have been called by God by a different name. And it's our job to understand and release the culture of a different name. Because how many of you know we can understand that we have a different name, but at some point we encounter a different culture? Right? The call to be set apart does not come within the context of everybody else is going to be set apart. The call to be set apart comes within the context of there's a lot of other people that are not set apart. How many of you grew up in a home where the culture was just, it wasn't something you really thought about, it just was what you were? Like, your, your family did things this way, and you didn't know any better, so you, didn't, you weren't like, oh, this is how the Hamlin culture looks in the earth. You just did Hamlin culture because that's what you grew up in, right? But how many of you remember the first time that, that you recognized that there was a different way to live? I remember, uh, I'm going to tell on myself, uh, I did this in the first service and my mom's here so I get to do it fresh again. Um, I remember growing up, and this came up in some conversation last night with some people that we were with. I remember growing up and I remember the first time I watched a television show that I was pretty sure I wasn't supposed to watch. Because it felt like a different culture and it was actually pretty attractive to me. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it was the first time I kind of realized, like, this is something, there's something different, there's another way to live out there. Do you want me to tell you what television show it was? My mom's like, yeah, tell me. In fact, here's the thing, I don't even think I knew that this was a show I wasn't supposed to watch, but I remember watching it, I think I was in your bedroom, and I think it was like in the summertime, but it was the show called The Wonder Years. And I remember watching that show and something coming alive in me at the end of the very first episode when Kevin kissed Winnie. Because I was just about the age that that really started to matter. And I remember watching that show going, ooh, someday I'll be in the woods with a girl who's my friend. And she'll go from being my friend to being my girlfriend. And I'm going to kiss her. And for a young man, that was a pretty exciting different way to live, <laughs> at least in my imagination, right? Because we grow up in a culture, maybe sometimes where we're where, where, where not necessarily thinking that we're set apart, and then we encounter another culture that looks like something we might want, and we realize there's a different way to live. And what God is saying is, listen, within a culture within an area where there's lots of other people that will decide to, list, to live different ways, I want to call you to be absolutely different. It is time to decide, as the people of God, we will live different than the culture around us, no matter what the culture says. And not just a little different. See, it's one thing for God to say, hey, I want, I want my people to be different. But how many of us know that God doesn't just call us to be a little bit different, and you and I are not regular people? that 's literally what this entire series is about. We are not just the people of God, we are the priests of God. God had a higher standard for the priests in the, in the book or in the Old Testament in Leviticus chapter twenty one He sets out how priests are to be set apart, how they're to be different. He says this in verse 6, they must be set apart as holy unto their God, and they must never bring shame on the name of God. They must be holy for they're the ones who present the special gifts to the Lord, gifts of food for their God. In other words, in the Old Testament, we, you and I would have an excuse. There is a certain people that should be doing that priest stuff, they're, and literally they're, it's only like one specific tribe and family. Let them take care of it. We just get to enjoy the benefit of it. They're going to do it all. But in the New Testament... Under Christ, as we've been brought in, we realize we're not regular people. We're actually called to be the priests of God, and therefore we have a special calling and a special duty. Listen, it was a a burden on these people to be priests. They were called to be set apart in some pretty weird ways. God had regulations for them about how they cut their hair. Did you ever get a bad haircut? You felt set apart (laughs) for a while until that hair grew back. I remember one time my mom was cutting my hair, because she cut my hair, and I was very grateful for it. I could get a haircut every week, and I love feeling fresh like that. I'm feeling real shaggy right now. I'm in need of a haircut. I can't wait to get one, but I could get one every week at home. But I remember one time she was cutting my hair. I think I was a sophomore in high school, so I can tell you where my mindset was at. She was cutting my hair, and she said, oh, let me just get this other piece. Something's not right. And she went, Zip, and said, oops. Because she had the buzzers and she had forgot to put the comb on to go and fix something. And so it was skin tight on the sides. And she was like, we'll fix it up. Don't worry about it. Now, this wasn't when that was cool. But she's like, we'll fix it up. It'll be no problem. So I went to school the next day thinking, okay, like maybe I can just pull this off. Maybe no one will say anything. I'll be just fine. And I'm going halfway through the day and I'm like, all right, nobody's really made fun of me for it. It kind of looks purposeful at this point until an administrator at the school came up and said, a secretary at the school came up and said, are you allowed to have a haircut like that? Like, I think that might be against the school rules. I'm like, thank you. I thought I could get away with not being set apart. The, people, the priests of Israel were called to be set apart in their clothing. They were called to be set apart in their haircuts. They were called to be set apart in their romance. God literally dictated who they could marry. It was not, hey, there's plenty of fish in the sea. No, there's only this many fish, and these are the ones you get to choose from. But they were willing to be set apart for God in their romance. They were to be set apart God, by God in their bodies. We know that God has called us not just to be regular people, but to be wholly set apart as his priests. There's a, a higher level of being set apart that's called upon for our lives. Jesus was set apart. Jesus, as our great high priest, was set apart. He said this in John chapter 10, verse 36. He was speaking to the people, and here's what he said. He said, do you, why do you call blasphemy when I say I'm a son of God? Catch this for a minute, because there's something in here for us. Jesus was walking around saying, I'm a son of God, and it pissed. Ooh, can I say that word? It pissed people off. Religious people got really upset Who do you think you are claiming that kind of special relationship with God? Not only do we not like it, it's blasphemy. Guess what? There are people, when you're done with this message and you walk around talking about being set apart for God, who are going to say, who do you think you are? But understand this. Jesus was the Son of God. You and I are sons and daughters of the King. He's our great high priest. He demonstrates what it looks like to live this way in the earth. He paid the price so that you and I could enter into that identity. And here's what he said. He said, I'm the son of God. After all, the Father set me apart and sent me into the world. Our great high priest was set apart. And the truth is this, believers are set apart. In Acts chapter 26, verse 18, Paul is speaking to an official, and he's giving testimony about how he came to God and about the call of God on his life. And in that testimony, he literally quotes what Jesus says about him. And here's what he says. He says, my job, Paul says, my job, based on what God has said to me is this, is to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. And then they will receive forgiveness of their sins and being given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. In other words, God has given people, ministers of his gospel, You and I, priests, the duty and the responsibility to share the good news of who Jesus Christ is so that God can set other people apart. Why is God setting us apart? It's not so that we can walk around all hoity-toity saying that we're holy and we're holier than you and you're not so holy and we're special. He's called us to be set apart, to demonstrate what it looks like to be special and to be set apart so that we can invite other people into that same relationship. There has been a controversy over the last 10 years or so in the evangelical church where lots of people have left the faith because they get angry at churches for being set apart. They say, you're acting holier than thou, and nobody's going to come to the gospel. We need to be much more inclusive into who God is. No, we need to say "It it is important to understand as believers we are different than the world. There is an in and there is an out. There is a part of the kingdom and a not a part of the kingdom. But the problem is people stop there, and that's what the fight became about. And people are saying, well, you're an in person and you're an out person. I don't want to be around a bunch of people that, you know, don't let anybody else in. And here's the truth. God has called us to live separate and to say very distinctly, there is in and there is out. There is faith in Christ and there is not faith in Christ. There is on our way. Uh, To heaven and not on our way to heaven on our way to hell there is in relationship with God and out of relationship with God But we don't stop there. We are the people who declare we are set apart. We are different. We are holy We're not better than you, but we're inviting you into the same thing Everybody's allowed in through Jesus Christ That's what the distinction and difference is and God has called us with that same calling that he called Paul Paul gave instructions to Timothy and this is where we're going to land today for just a few minutes Paul gave instructions to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Just a little bit of background. Timothy was a leader in the church at Ephesus. His mentor and father in the faith was a guy named Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. And Paul wrote several letters to Timothy to tell him how to conduct himself, not just as a leader, but as a man. And he gave him instructions. He said, listen, this is how you lead. This is how you exemplify. This is what it looks like. And he gives him instructions about being set apart. And he writes to him, and here's what he says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 19-25, through 25, if you're taking notes. He said, but God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows who are his, and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. There is in and there is out. And then he says this, In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you'll be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you'll be ready for the master to use for every good work. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments and only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach and be patient with difficult people, and gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts, and they will learn the truth. What Paul was writing to Timothy was, was if you want to be set apart, if you want to be useful, if you want to be an honorable vessel for God, if you want to be the good china in the kingdom, you have a choice. You and I have a choice. What we're literally facing this morning is is an opportunity to be set apart. We are set apart, but an opportunity to cooperate with God in our set apartness, to either be a cheap utensil or an honorable utensil, to either be the paper plate of the kingdom or the good china of the kingdom. Now, I know some of you are real practical. You're like, I'd rather be a paper plate for the kingdom. It's much more practical, much more economical. We can get some stuff done. We don't have to bring the good china out. Listen, I know you all grew up in a house with the good china that never got used. But that's not how it works in the kingdom. How it works in the kingdom is God brings the good china out every single time. He uses it, and it only gets better with age. He doesn't break it. He uses it to its fullest glory. God has destined each one of us as people who are set apart to be used for honorable purposes. But it matters how we view ourselves and whether or not we choose to cooperate with him. So what does it look like? What is it that we're supposed to be set apart? In what ways are we supposed to be set apart? How are we to think of ourselves as different? In what ways should we be intentional and choose to be set apart? Just a couple things real quick. The first is in our habitation. They're all H words. Should be easy to take notes. Number one, habitation. We are called to be set apart in our habitation. Scripture says God knows those who are his. We were fundamentally created, we know as priests, to be with him. We are called to be part of his family. We are called to live with God. We're to be set apart with him. God's presence is enjoyed by those who are set apart. Have you ever experienced God's presence like you felt him very near? Now, sometimes God breaks through in the midst of our brokenness because he's just that good and we sense his presence. But I want to tell you this. If you want to experience his presence on a regular basis, it is as you cooperate and set yourself apart to experience his presence. You know what this feels like. You know what this feels like. Let's say you sense God's presence here this morning in this church service and then you go and you live your life and it fades a little bit on Monday and Tuesday a little bit more and then by Wednesday you're just in the work and in the zone and, and Thursday your kids are crazy and it really blows up and by Friday you just want to eat a pizza and go to bed by 8 o'clock and Saturday morning you wake up and you realize I am not experiencing the presence of God, I don't feel like he's living with me. It's just because if we don't set ourselves apart for it, we don't do, it doesn't happen. Has God God changed? No. Is he still available? Yes. Is he still there and present with us? Does he still want to be with us? Absolutely. But what's the key? The key is the choice to be set apart by God. If we will set ourselves apart, if we will set ourselves to live for God, if we will uh, tune our days to his ear and to his voice, sorry, to his voice so that we are with him, he will be with us. The choice about that is ours. He's already done. He's already chosen to be with us. But whether or not we are with him is our choice. We are to be set apart for his habitation. God says that we are literally part of a wealthy home. You ever see the, the movie or the play or the new movie, Annie, about an orphan? who doesn't get brought into a home that's a normal home. (laughs) She goes and lives with Daddy Warbucks. If you were to do the movie today, it would probably be Daddy Starbucks. (laughs) Like, what would it look like to live in a home where every single one of your dreams was accomplished because of the resources of your dad? We write movies about it. God wrote scripture about it. You and I have not been called into a poor man's home. We live in a wealthy home. Our dad has a wealthy mindset. And I'm not talking about like, see the problem is in our culture we value being poor. We, we think that being poor is honorable. Somehow suffering through is good for the kingdom. God has not called us to live that way. Not in terms of money money resources, not in terms of any other resource. We have a wealthy father. He has brought us into a wealthy home. And it is time to stop running around like orphans who don't know that we're with Daddy Warbucks. It's time to start saying, hey... He brought me in, and everything he has is mine, and he wants to give it to me. It's actually his joy and his good pleasure to pour out the gifts of the kingdom, good gifts to his children. So I'm just going to live like I have access to everything. That's being wealthy. That has nothing to do with what's in your checkbook or what's not in your checkbook. That has everything to do with an interior understanding deep in our hearts that we live in a wealthy home with a wealthy father. It's allowing his wealth mindset to invade our wealth mindset or our poverty mindset and bring his wealth to our hearts and then we get to live out of that. Not prosperity gospel but understanding we live in a wealthy home. He's called us to be set apart for habitation. The second is this. He's called us to be set apart in our hearing. Timothy, he, Paul wrote to Timothy. He says, God's truth stands firm. God's word is heard and understood by those who are set apart. God's word is heard and understood by those who are set apart. How many of you have ever struggled in reading the Word of God? Oh, you're you're just as bad as the early service. They all sat and stared at me like, no, Pastor Josh, I never have difficulty. Every morning I wake up at 5 a.m. and I'm sleepy, but I just open the Word of God and all of a sudden my mind is clear. And I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And I get downloads of the ten things that the Lord is trying to explode to me out of the Scriptures. They just come alive and I don't even need coffee because I'm so sanctified. I mean, come on, people. Like, how many of you ever read Scripture and you were so doggone tired that you're like three chapters and you're like, I have no idea what I just read about. I can't even tell you if it was Moses or Abraham. Right? What book am I reading again? Like... We, we have trouble understanding Scripture. Some of us have said, I just don't understand Scripture. Listen, if we will set ourselves apart, God promises to give us understanding. People who hear God's word where the truth stands firm to them. And I'm not just talking about knowing the right thing to do. I'm talking about in the moment when it matters, we know the right thing to do. People who hear God's voice and understand what he wants from them are those who are set apart. Romans 12 puts it this way. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable Is our spiritual act of worship. And then you will know the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Listen, as we set ourselves apart, as we make ourselves available to God to hear, He will tell us what He wants. It will be clear to us. We will be able to discern the good and perfect will of God. If you are having a hard time understanding what God's will is from your life or understanding what Scripture is, simply set yourself apart to hear. The truth is this, we set ourselves apart to hear all kinds of other stuff except for God. (coughs) There's this incredible thing that happens in Korean families. I don't know this by experience, I know this by just somebody sharing it with me. Um, Korean fathers have figured out a way to tune their children's ear to their particular voice. So that they can be in a room with a hundred other people and their kids are playing and they go... hey, Johnny, it just cuts right through. God has the same ability exponentially. But what's the difference? It's allowing our ear to be trained to his voice so that when he speaks, it doesn't have to be like a billboard. Hey, Josh, pay attention. I got something for you here. I've told you five times through five different people in the last five minutes. But he speaks to us in that still small voice, and we hear it. Those who are set apart are the ones who hear God's voice. Well, how else are we supposed to be set apart? We're supposed to be set apart in holiness. Number three, holiness. We're set apart in holiness. Here's the big lie. The big lie is that somehow we can live holy lives on our own. And we all buy into it at some point or another. If I just try harder, my life will be holy and God will be happy with me. The problem with that is it is exhausting. We burn out, and the, the more we try to be holy, we can, we can sustain it for a while. It looks good for a while, but all of a sudden, something cuts in because we're living out of our own strength, and we're not walking by the Spirit, and so eventually, Scripture says we will fulfill the lust of the flesh, and when we do it, it, it crushes us, and then we start to question God. God, you said I could live holy. I tried to live holy. I didn't live holy. I don't even think your word is true. The truth is, we didn't listen to his word because we didn't hear what he had to say because he told us if we live by the Spirit and walk by the Spirit. We will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. God has called us to live holy and he's actually empowered us if we'll walk with the spirit to live in holiness. The second big lie is this, we already sort of addressed it, is that if I live holy, I'm better than you. And we would all say, well, that's not me. Oh, yes, it is. Because all of us have experienced a time where we think we're doing real good. In fact, like maybe we get into an argument with our spouse and we're like, oh, I'm going to win this one because I'm walking with Jesus today. And in that moment, we're like, actually, this is not going to go so good, right? And we, we're walking great. We think we're better than everybody else. And then all of a sudden, something happens in our lives, and we lose our stuff. And we realize we're not quite as holy as we thought we were. The third big lie about this is, how many of you ever experienced God moving so powerfully when you were at your absolute worst in terms of holiness? Like, <laughs> like you, you, all, you almost start to develop this theology. Like, God, do I got to sin real bad? for you to show up in my life. Like, like I, like I do something horrible, and the next day, you're just exploding in my life. Your goodness is in my life. You use me powerfully to minister to somebody else, and I'm like, oh, wow. I better go do that bad thing again, because the presence of God is all over that. That's not the truth. The truth is this. The reason why God's moving so powerfully in the midst of our brokenness is when we realize we're broken, we cry out to him in need, and he meets us. We're actually Putting a demand on the goodness of God. The truth is this, you don't have to sin to put a demand on the goodness of God. And so we can walk in holiness and in dependency. God has called us to be set apart in holiness. In fact, he tells Timothy, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Run from it. Take off. Get as far away from it as you possibly can. It's like the story of Joseph. How many remember the story of Joseph? He was sold into slavery by his brothers. He was in a house of a, a master named Potiphar, and he rose through the ranks as a slave and servant in that household. And eventually, he was given control over the entire uh, man's household. And he didn't. The Bible says he didn't concern himself with anything because Joseph took care of it, and everything Joseph touched literally turned to gold. Well, Joseph's wife apparently wanted to be turned to gold because she asked Joseph to touch her. A joke didn't land. Everything he touched turned to gold. Apparently, Joseph, I said Joseph's wife. Apparently, Potiphar's wife wanted to turn to gold because she wanted Joseph to touch her. Potiphar's wife came to Joseph and said, Hey, my, my husband hasn't denied you anything. And that includes me. This is what I think she was doing. <laughs> or may, maybe, maybe she was sitting in the, in the Egyptian hot tub and she was like, Hey, Joseph, how you doing? Come on over and hang out with me. Or maybe she was sitting on her Egyptian couch and drinking a little bit of Egyptian wine. She's like, hey, this is a good year. Come on over, Joseph. Have a seat. Have some wine. Let me give you a back rub. I don't know how it went down, but here's what we know from Scripture. She laid hold of him, and Joseph's like, I ain't doing this, and he ran. And he did what little kids are really good at doing. Have you ever seen little kids like wiggle out of their clothes? Like, Joseph, she, she laid hold of him, and he was like, uh-uh, I ain't having it, and took off, and he took off so hardcore that he took off naked. She grabbed his clothes, and he was like, I ain't staying here no matter what. You can keep my clothes. I'm out of here. What was that? <laughs> like, imagine that one. He goes running buck naked out of the house. You got to explain that one. He's like, I just want to be righteous. Listen, it is, we are called to flee from sin even to the point of embarrassment. Why do I share that whole story with you? Because it's in the Bible, one. But two, because next time you're tempted to do something, you, you need to take the attitude of Joseph and get up on out of there. Run like hell is pursuing you. Because literally, hell is pursuing you. God wants a people that are set apart. He has made provision for us to be set apart. Scripture says there's no sin that comes against us that he hasn't provided a way out for. Sometimes the way out looks like running. We're like, oh, God, would you provide a way out? And we're not trying so hard to cooperate with his way out. He's like, I, I gave you a way out, two legs. Go. He calls us to live in holiness, be set apart in holiness. He also calls us to be set apart in honor. He says, you, get, you and I get to be special utensils. God doesn't share his honor with everybody, except he shares his honor with us. If you don't believe me, look it up. Just Google, or search the word honor in Scripture and look at how God will share his honor with his people, with his sons and his daughters. God has called you and I to share in his honor by being used for honorable things. What does that mean? That means there is nothing in the kingdom that our dad has that is not available to you and me. What's the cost? The cost is Jesus setting us apart and making us holy, but the cost is also our choice to be set apart towards that. Listen, if you would like to lay hands on the sick and see them healed, you can lay hands on the sick and see them healed. I'm not talking about like being presumptuous, but how does that happen? It doesn't happen until we set ourselves apart to be used to heal the sick through the laying out of hands. How, does it, how do we set ourselves apart? You lay hands on the sick and you pray for healing. Right? If you want access to that part of the kingdom, to that honorable use, you have to set yourself apart and actually enter into it. The problem is, in the in-between, we get a little bit nervous that God won't do what he said he's going to do. And we make it about us and not about the power of God. If you want to be used to preach the word of God and see people saved, all you've got to do is set yourself apart to actually speak the word of God so that people can get saved. I can make it even simpler for you. If you want to be used by God to get people saved, can I make it absolutely simple? Just bring them to church and let me do the work. We're getting really good at keeping our services at about an hour and a half, so you don't even have to worry about it. If you want to be used for that noble use, Bring somebody next week. Look at the seats around you. We're at 9-11. We did this for a reason. We did this because we want to make room. If you put all of us in here, there would be very little room for guests to come in. There is lots of room for guests right now. If you want, if you want to the honorable use of bringing people to Christ, don't just pray for them. Right? Like, Let's just get real for a second. If somebody comes to Christ and you're praying for them, how weak of a thing is it when they're like, hey, I came to Christ. You're like, I knew you would. I've been praying for you for two years. And God used somebody else to bring them. When somebody who could have brought them is sitting right next to them every day. Now, I'm not saying don't pray for your coworkers, but I'm saying if you want to be used for the honorable use to see the kingdom advance in their life, say something, set yourself apart to be used by God in that way. Whatever it is that you want access to in the kingdom, if you will set yourself apart unto that, God will meet you in that place, and his power will be made evident in you, and you will be a useful utensil, an honorable utensil, the good china and not the paper plate. We're set apart for helpfulness. God has called us to actually do stuff that is helpful for the kingdom. How many of you have ever, been, have ever asked somebody to help you with something and halfway through you're like, this is not help at all? How many have, have you ever, have ever been bold enough to ask your spouse to serve you in a certain way and like, they're just not cutting it. It is not helpful. Like, it would serve your family better if they went and did something else that they're good at and for you to do it instead. <laughs> how many of you have ever been told <laughs> what you've, how you serve the family is not very helpful? <laughs> right? Nobody likes to hear that. But the truth is this, if we will set ourselves apart, it's not like that in the kingdom. If you and I will set ourselves apart what God and listen to God and do what he asks us to do, he will actually give us stuff to do that matters. It's like Mary and Martha. Somebody remind, reminded me of this this morning. Somebody said this, and it's really great. It, Mary had a problem because she was making sandwiches for Jesus that he never ordered. And then she got mad at Jesus and Mar- Mary because they weren't doing the sandwiches. Hey, come on, help me make the sandwiches. Jesus is like, I didn't ask you to do this. Mary's actually done What the better thing is, she's chosen to sit at my feet. What is being illustrated there is this. If we will set ourselves apart, not to our agenda for the kingdom, but God's agenda for the kingdom, he will accomplish what is in us that is helpful. Some of us are running around the church trying to be too important, trying to do what other people are gifted to do. We haven't stopped and let him set our agenda. When we stop and let him set our agenda, we find ourselves actually, if we, when we set ourselves apart to his agenda, when we set ourselves apart to helpfulness, it actually matters to the kingdom. And what we think is something that's very nominal, like maybe you're the person that you've just said, God, what do you want me to do for the kingdom? And God says, because <laughs> God's good like this, He says, go talk to your pastor you say, hey, pastor, God told me to ask you, what should I do for the kingdom? And I say, uh, we could really use someone to empty the trash in between services because we've got two services now. People make coffee. And if you would wipe the tops of the garbage cans because I can't stand when there's a mess on them and we want our guests not to think that we're a bunch of slobs, would you do that for me? And you're like, you've set in, in your heart, I'm gonna be set aside for God's goodness. How many of you know that halfway through week two, you're probably like, this doesn't matter for anything. I can't believe you asked me to do this. This is not helpful for the kingdom. I mean, come on. Okay, that's where I'd be two weeks in. I did some garbage emptying this morning, and I had some grumbles for God about that. But here's the truth. If we will do what God has given us to do, if we'll give him the agenda, it will be helpful. I cannot wait to get to heaven and meet 30 people that came to Jesus because we had clean garbage cans. I'm convinced of it. I am absolutely convinced of it. Because when we live with excellence, it invites people in. And when we live with sloppiness, it does not invite people in. You do not invite people over to your house when it's not clean. Well, you shouldn't. But if your house is clean and in order, it is open for people to come at any time and be hospitable. And that's what we do in this place. When we are set aside, we are are used for noble purposes. Sometimes they don't look noble to us, but they are absolutely noble and helpful for the kingdom. And the last is this, and the worship team can come. We are set apart to harmony. We're to be set apart to harmony. You are not supposed to be angry, contentious people. Angry, contentious, frustrated people of God is an oxymoron. Well, I'm just prophetic. No, you're a jerk. God just made me to cut to the chase and I know how to speak truth. No, you're a butt. I mean, can we be real? Well, I'm contending for the faith. No, you're contending for you being right. And it has nothing to do with faith and it has everything to do with your ego. I feel like I got in a soapbox there for a second. You still love me? I still love you. Actually, I don't care if you love me. No. Are we, are, we getting, are we there yet? Are we ready to fight? God says that we're called if, to be set apart to not be contentious people. God says that we're set apart to be people that cooperate with one another and we don't quarrel and we, 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 we avoid ignorant arguments. We're not st- fight, starting fights with people. We're supposed to be kind to people, able to teach them, well, they're not able to learn. No, you're just not able to teach. Let's learn how to do this. Be patient with difficult people; those extra grace required people. We're supposed to tap into the extra grace. Why? Because God might change their hearts. But how does this change? We're, we're many of us walk around going, "Well, I'll be humble when they're humble." Because that's what it takes. If we're going to walk in harmony, it's going to take humility. Well, when they're willing to admit that they're, that they're wrong, I'll admit that I'm wrong. When they're willing to be kind to me, then I'll be kind to them. Well, they picked the fight with me, so we've got to finish the fight. Listen, being set apart is choosing not to be that before the other person is. Being set apart is being willing to be trampled on so that other people can maybe perhaps have their hearts changed. Why? Because it's life and death. Look at the next verse. It says, uh, perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they'll learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap for they've been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Satan would love nothing more than to make us a bunch of proud people running around fighting each other so that we're not set apart for the kingdom work that God has called us to. And it's a pity and it's a shame. And the truth is this. We, most of us are doing that because we don't know any better. We are not in our right minds. When we're angry and contentious, you are, we are, as believers, we're not in our right minds. God has called us, even when people want to fight with us, to be in humility ministers of harmony, to be set apart, say, I'm not going to be that person. So here's the ask this morning. If you'd bow your heads, I just want to give people an opportunity to hear from God for themselves. The truth is this God has done everything necessary to set us apart. He has called us set apart. You are set apart. You are special. The only thing standing in the way of being set apart for you and for me is our choice to cooperate with God in these areas. So maybe you're here this morning and maybe you have, you know you've been called to habitation. You've been part of the family of God. You've existed in that. But you've been running around like an orphan in his house. Like you're there, you're in the house, but you're not of the house. You're in the, you're in the kingdom, but you don't act like you're part of the kingdom. You you've, think you've got a heavenly father, but you're not really sure. You don't hear from him a whole lot, and you kind of ignore him. And, or maybe, maybe you've never come into the house. Maybe this is the first you're hearing that God's called you to, to live with him, and he wants to live with you. One or the other. Maybe you're in a place here this morning. The very first thing to be set apart is this saying, I want to be Willing to be part of the family of God. As much as God has chosen me, I choose him. If you're here this morning and that's you, I want to invite you to make a bold choice. A powerful choice. A life-altering choice. If that's you here this morning, you know right now your heart is stirring. God is moving in your heart. If you want to come back to him, or you want to come to him for the first time, you want to respond to being set apart for his habitation, to be with him, I want you to raise your hand right now. Just boldly say, I want to be in with his family. I'm choosing that. All right. Look at me for a minute, congregation. You'll bow your heads in a second, but we're just gonna take it aside. I want you to look around. Look at the empty seats that are here. I touched on this before. if we're in and we know we've been set apart and we're not willing to invite other people to fill these seats next to us then we're set apart in a holier than that way. I'm not asking you out of guilt I'm prophesying over you with power and with expectation if This is a new season. If you will invite people to come, they will come and they will join the family of God. You might have invited people in the past and they've come and nothing happened. I'm telling you, this is a new season in God. The power of God is always here, but there is something going on right now where God wants to set people free and he's doing it in a fresh and a new way. And so I want you to understand the prophetic preference that God has for your life. If you will step out, If you will call yourself set apart, if you will risk again inviting somebody here, God will set them free and bring them into the family of God. All right, now I close your eyes again. What about this? Maybe you're here this morning and you want to say yes to hearing. You've had a hard time hearing God. You haven't been in his word. It's been hard to hear what he has to say or you've been ignoring what he's had to say so you're not really hearing a whole lot else. And you want to say yes to that. I'm going to start naming these things. I'm going to start listing them. And if you're here this morning, you're willing to say to God, yes, I will be set apart in this way. It's going to be different from today. I'm choosing, powerfully choosing, to say yes to the being set apart. to to you in this area, then I want you to literally stand up where you are and come down here. We're going to end the the service today at this altar together with people who are set apart. If you are willing to hear God's voice like never before, or you want to hear God's voice like never before, I want you to stand up and set yourself apart by coming down here. If you're here this morning and uh, you want to be holy. You want to set yourself apart for holiness. You've been doing stuff, involved in stuff, walking in stuff that you know is not of God. It's not his preference for your life. It, it, it looks like the world. It's not fleeing from youthful lust. It's giving in to them. Maybe it's not giving in all the way, but you're dancing close to the line. And you're saying, I am done with this. I am taking a stand like Joseph took a stand. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how embarrassed I feel. I don't care who looks at me coming down here. I am coming down and I am saying, as for my life, I am done with that stuff. I'm setting myself apart to holiness. I am available to God my life will reflect his glory then I want you to come down here to this altar this morning if you're here today and you want to set yourself apart for honor you are tired of just feeling like a paper plate in the kingdom and you want to be useful for the good and perfect gifts you want to see the power of God flow in your life like never before if you want to be used for honor and honorable purposes. If you're here this morning and you want to actually have what you do for the kingdom matter, you're saying, I'm willing to be used and set apart in unusual ways for God's kingdom, then come on, just fill right in. There's people coming behind you. Don't, Don't halfway come in. Don't halfway choose. Choose all the way. Don't be bashful. This is your birthright. He has set you apart. He has chosen you. You are a different people. You are special. You are called. All of the resources of your wealthy father are available to you in this moment. If you want to be used for harmony, you're like, I am done being contentious. I am done fighting with other people. I am done being about things that really don't matter. And God, I'm just here to do whatever you ask me to do. I'm here to live for other people. You're willing to set yourself apart. Come down. Heavenly Father, you see us standing here. And we recognize that we don't stand here in our own power. We stand here because you have made a way for us to be set apart. You have called us by the death, resurrection, and intercession of our great high priest Jesus to live set apart. You've empowered us to live that way by your spirit. And so we recognize your powerful choice in making a way. Yes,
1: Lord. Jesus.
0: And in that We recognize our powerful choice to cooperate with that. And so we've come here today to say yes. In one or a few or all of these areas, we will be set apart.
1: Thank you, Lord. Lord.
0: We will be priests that are your holy possession, your very special possession, your very own possession. And we invite you in this place of being set apart mm-hmm. to fill you, us with everything. Thank you, Lord. To use us whatever mm-hmm. way you want. Mm-hmm. To you, lead us however you desire.
1: Thank you, Lord.
0: To bring glory to your kingdom. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I want you to hold tight where you're at right now. Pastor Dan is coming to dismiss us, and here's what the temptation will to be. While I set myself apart, I'm going to go. Listen, sometimes it's just setting ourselves apart and giving God the next 10, 15, 20 minutes if that's what it takes for him to work this in your heart and your life. Maybe it's grabbing somebody that's got a prayer tag on and saying, hey, would you pray with me about this? Would you anoint me? Would you walk me through what it looks like to be set apart? Maybe it's just confessing. Hey, I need to be set apart in this way. And there's power in that confession in your choice. There's power in you giving voice to it today. But Pastor Dan's going to close us out and my encouragement to you is this. Do not leave this place till you've done the business with God that he wants to do. Mm-hmm. There's a grace in here to do that this morning. God bless Thank you, you, you
1: as you do. Thank you, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just a few announcements before we pray. Um, as usual, the ushers will be at the doors for giving. If you're a, a guest here today, you're under no obligation whatsoever to give but if god's done something in your heart and your heart is to respond to that by all means we're willing to receive that all the giving options are on the screen behind me uh, again we invite our guests to stop in the guest central in the lobby there's a gift there for you and some people to meet with you small groups are starting soon they, the, they are not up on the website yet but they will be any day they're coming uh, there's going to be a lot of freedom groups uh, going to be starting those are going to fill up quick so if you're not already on the website if you don't have the app get it now then you'll get an alert and you'll be one of the first people to know so you can jump in there and take advantage of those groups it was been an incredible week with seven days of prayer here ending up with the freedom conference there is still an overflow of the holy spirit in this place that's what pastor josh was saying there's it's easy right now to receive from god the people who are in the freedom conference were anointed approximately i think ten times uh, to receive more of what God wants to do in their lives. That, that that abundance, that flow of the Spirit of God is here now for you, for everybody. And the prayer teams are there. They're wearing name tags. We know these people. They've been vetted. We trust them. And uh, they're they're more than willing and anxious to help you receive all that God has for you. Father, I thank you for these precious people. These called out ones that you have chosen for yourself, Lord, to be priests in your kingdom to carry your presence lord to bring people through that veil uh that separate the veil of sin that separates them from you lord and bring them into your glorious presence father give us that holy boldness we pray lord as we hear your voice may we be so quick to say yes lord and may we be so quick when you say let that go or put that aside to put it down and put it aside and to focus our hearts on you lord let us never ever ignore the voice of your spirit, or say even give me a minute, but Lord, let us be quick to respond to your voice. For we know your voice, we hear your voice, and you have things for us to do for your honor and for your glory. Father, let your kingdom come in every life. Let your will be done in each one of us, and through each one of us. We pray in Jesus' name, Lord. Fresh fire, fresh water, by your Holy Spirit, on every life, in every heart. In Jesus' name, together we say amen, amen. Stay, pray, receive, then go. God bless you.